Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Making Your Impact. I'm so very glad that you are here. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Melissa Ike. I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for The Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. I'm also a writer, speaker, and attorney. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeick.com. I started the Making Your Impact podcast because I love encouraging people to take the risks, take the steps of faith, do whatever it takes to go all in on pursuing their calling. I want to share what I've learned and the stories from people I've met over the years of making my impact to hopefully inspire and equip you to make yours. Today, I'll be sharing my word of the year for 2020, a practice I adopted a few years ago that has helped me shape my impact over the last few years. If you listened to last week's episode, I mentioned that I was going to share about my most recent self-care adventure as well. However, hashtag real talk. If you listened to last week's episode, then you also heard me say that I'm taking steps to simplify my podcast episode process to make it more consistent and sustainable. So I decided to save my self-care adventure for next week's episode, and I'll talk a little more on that later. Finally, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, so I'll have a special segment about that today where I discuss some common vulnerabilities in human trafficking. I'll be back next week with an Instagram shout out, but if you would like to be eligible for such a thing, just follow the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact, and I might just give you a shout out on the show. Okay, let's go ahead and dive in with my word of the year. Is this something that you do? People talk about it a lot, and I know some people strategize and choose their word for the year, but that has never really worked for me. Every time I try to force a word of the year, it just always gets usurped by a different word. I've mentioned before that I am a person of faith, and so I pray and just flat out ask God if he's got a word of the year for me, and then I wait. And for the last few years, the word that I have received has uh, meant a lot to me. I think the first time I did a word of the year was in 2015, and this was before Dragonfly was founded, and I did it as part of a retreat that I went on. And that year, I'm pretty sure I just chose a word because I'd never done it before, but it didn't make an impact on my life at all. I do not even remember what that word was. But starting in 2016, I started praying for my word of the year and started to get a lot more meaning out of that process. And you know, what's been interesting is, you know, of course, at the beginning of the year, I can't predict how the word's going to shape those next 12 months or shape how I'm going to view making my impact. But every time I look back and I can see how the word played a role in a in a some specific way, especially in terms of how I'm making my difference in the world. So in 2016, I prayed about it and I got the word courage. And I was like, uh, do I really want this word? Because it could almost be like foreboding. Like, what do I need to be courageous about? And I remember trying to exchange the word and trying to convince myself that that wasn't actually the word, that it was something else. But I just couldn't shake it. So I decided to embrace it. 
funny enough, about six weeks later, uh, my two fellow co-founders of the Dragonfly Home and I had one of the very first conversations that ultimately led to the founding of the Dragonfly Home like one month after that. And uh, so we discovered that unbeknownst to each other, the other two, uh, one of them had gotten the word bold and the other were, the other had gotten the word boldness. And I had courage and we were like, okay, this doesn't seem accidental. These are so related to each other. And then in March of that year, not that much longer after that, we took an enormous step of faith and founded the Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit that is now almost four years old that has grown and expanded multiple times and where we've served hundreds of survivors of human trafficking. And let me tell you, that took some dang boldness and some dang courage So then the next year in 2017, my word was victory. You'd think that would mean that I was just kicking down doors and overcoming all the obstacles and that everything was just going super great. But I got to tell you, 2017 held a lot of challenges, a lot of really long hours because founding a nonprofit takes a lot of work. You know, when you're building everything from scratch and doing everything for the first time, It's a lot because you're trying to build so much, uh, you know, taking something that doesn't exist and making something. Dragonfly grew a ton in 2017 and we marked some really great milestones. I also experienced victory personally in 2017 because that's the year that I wrote the very first very rough draft of my memoir. But I got to tell you, that year did not feel like victory in the moment. I would, I mean, it was just, it was hard work. And that's just not always easy. You've got to, when you're persevering through growth, growth is a good thing in the end, but it's just not always pleasant in the midst. And every so often I would remember that my word was victory and be like, ha, yeah, where the heck is it? I like to see some of that victory. But I got to tell you, looking back, just making it through that year in one piece, that was a victory. And I realized as I was putting this together that um, I don't remember what my word was for 2018. I have no memory of any word. Maybe I didn't get one. So, you know, eh, it's an imperfect system. Last year, though, in 2019, my word was trust and it rang so true to me. I knew the instant I heard the word in my heart that it was multifold. I knew I was supposed to trust that things would be okay. I knew that I was supposed to trust God to take care of me and trust myself to do what I needed to do. And I really needed that trust last year. It was it was a big year. There were some hard things that my family went through and I needed to trust and have faith that it would be okay. And it really was. I'm thankful for that. Lots of growth was happening throughout 2019 and the launching of new things such as, for example, this very podcast to which you are listening at this moment. I really needed to trust that I was on the right track with what I was putting together for the podcast, the theme of the whole thing, the title and how it would work together. I needed to trust that I could figure things out like format and music and how to even get this thing out there to distribute it. I had a lot of starts and stops and a lot of challenges, but you know what? I just kept pressing on. And I realized just the other night that my year anniversary of the show will be here before I know it. I think that this is applicable to really anyone. If you're working to make your impact, trust 
is a huge factor, whether it's your word of the year or not at all. But creating something, sharing your voice, doing something new or growing and establishing in new ways, it's a vulnerable feeling putting yourself out there. Will your work matter to anyone? Will you really make a difference? All your insecurities are just shouting at you. So trust is really important. Trusting yourself, trusting your talent, your ability to problem solve, your ability to ask for help. If you're a person of faith, then maybe that would include trust in that way, like it does for me. I also did a better job last year of keeping my word of the year in front of my eyes, especially for the first few months. I kind of fell off that habit, but... I will say that every time I saw the word trust in some context, it would remind me that that was my word. And I would think about how it had worked for me up to that point in the year. And it would kind of re-energize me. I want to do a better job this year of keeping my word of the year at the forefront of my mind, because I think it's going to take me a year to really think through the different ways to look at this word. If I could have chosen my word or phrase for this year, I probably would have picked something like push harder or girl boss or focus, something that would feed my motivation to keep up the things that I started last year, something very work-related or task-oriented. But of course, it was nothing like that. It wasn't anything I ever, ever would have expected. Let me set it up. There I was sitting in my office at Dragonfly on the afternoon of December 31st. I had just sent an email and I was looking at the next item on my to-do list when boom, I got my word for the year. And the word was fresh. I sat there for a minute like, fresh? What does that even mean? I will say it's pretty common that when I get my word for the year, I'm not really sure if I like it at first. And that was the case with this. Fresh doesn't indicate anything about working hard or keeping up with everything. It doesn't have anything to do with being disciplined, making sacrifices, keeping your nose to the grindstone. And so I was like, "What? how does this even apply to me? Which, like, is that an indicator of something? Just that that was my thought process? That's maybe for another time. I will say that the word elicited a really specific image in my head. I thought instantly of like a fresh breeze blowing away like dust or shadows or things that just aren't working anymore. It it made me think of a freshness that is really invigorating and energizing. It really brings in a lightness in my mind. So this is all that went through my head really quickly when that word just kind of plopped into my heart. And I also thought like fresh can mean a lot of different things. So thinking about making a vision board, I don't really buy magazines anymore and I don't have a color printer. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I'll, I'll think about that. But I did do some free association with the word fresh and I journaled out my responses. And here are the images that I came up with. A blue body of water, blue sky with white puffy clouds, a crisp evening with bright stars, limes. Cilantro, basil, citrus, cucumber, fresh laundry. That incorporates the word fresh, but this isn't a word game, so I thought that that was okay. A clean piece of paper, a new journal, strings of white lights hung about, which could sound like Christmas, but to me, that kind of thing at other times of the year makes the night feel sort of fresh. Maybe that's just me. Fall air, spring air winter air. I wrote those down at different points on my list. I should have included mint 
I just thought of that. Mint. What's fresher than mint, right? Well, I'll have to add it. So then what's interesting, I had these kind of nebulous ideas, but then while I was editing what's going to be next week's podcast episode, I actually got a glimpse of another way that fresh may just shape my year. So like I said, I'm going to be sharing my most recent self-care adventure next week, but I actually recorded it a few weeks before Christmas. And throughout the course of that day, the adventure kind of turned into sort of a quest. And I don't want to give too much away, but as I was listening through the episode and editing it, like the conclusion, I realized just how that quest had actually turned out in reality. And I really wasn't expecting that. And I got to say, it really shed a whole new light on the importance of the word fresh in my life. It made me realize that for my own good, for my own sustainability in this life I'm living, where I go super hardcore at making my impact in a bunch of different ways, I need to get some freshness into my everyday life. We talk about self-care a lot on this show, but I know that for me personally, I'm really just starting to see like the tip of the iceberg of of what that can be and how important that can be. And I just wonder if you are experiencing that too. If you're working hard at making your impact, whether it's your full-time job like me, or if you're juggling it with work and family and other obligations, then I'm going to guess that you could use some fresh energy as well, regardless of what your word of the year is. So I'm thinking that you can maybe relate to this on some level. I'm not sure where this word will take me. I don't know what it's going to look like. I have no idea exactly how it will shape my impact over this year, but I do know that I am excited to explore it. I feel like there's something there. And I hope that you feel inspired by this somehow in the way that you're making your impact. Maybe you don't have a word of the year, but you know you could incorporate trust or something fresh in your life. Or maybe you do have a word of the year, and I hope that you're inspired to really think about it and and how it could boost you in some way as you are making your impact. Now it's time for a feature that I am so excited to be doing for Human Trafficking Awareness Month throughout January. It's the Human Trafficking Awareness Spot. I've been working full-time in anti-human trafficking advocacy for about six and a half years now. Like I mentioned up top, I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for the Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. We have served hundreds of human trafficking survivors in the last little over three years and fielded over 3,000 calls to our human trafficking helpline. And It's such an incredible honor uh, to be involved in this work with my team. And working for a future of freedom for survivors of human trafficking is absolutely one of my life's callings and one of the primary ways that I'm making my impact day to day. So today, I'm just going to spend a couple of minutes talking about some vulnerabilities that traffickers may target when they're looking for someone to exploit. Human trafficking, you guys, it's way more prevalent than a lot of people think, so you never know. Familiarizing yourself with vulnerabilities like these could help you prevent human trafficking for someone that you know. First, I'll say that survivors of the crime of human trafficking don't fit one neat 
you know, box description or profile. They don't look a certain way. People harmed by human traffickers are diverse and they can include people of any nationality, socioeconomic status, education level, sexual orientation, age, or gender. Second, a lot of people associate human trafficking survivors as coming from overseas, somewhere far away. And at Dragonfly, we've certainly served a number of survivors from other countries, but the majority of people we've served are American citizens, people who were born, raised, and sold for sex or labor right here in the United States, right here in Oklahoma, where we're located. So while it's true that anyone can be trafficked, there are some common life experiences and vulnerabilities that traffickers may watch for specifically to prey upon. They often recruit someone or target someone by offering to fill some kind of physical or emotional need that that person may have. So keep that in mind. I'm just going to read through uh, just a few common vulnerabilities. That may include low self-esteem or depression, a history of physical or sexual abuse, personal or family history of substance abuse, people who are members of marginalized populations who may lack a support system. An example of that are people who identify as LGBTQIA+. And finally, just being a minor, especially a minor who spends a lot of time on social media where a lot of traffickers search for people to exploit, can be a vulnerability to being targeted. These are just a handful of examples. This list is not exhaustive. These kinds of things are just something to keep in mind when you're considering who in your life, either right now or maybe down the road, may be vulnerable to human trafficking, someone you can be a support to, you can be a safe person for. You can learn a lot more about human trafficking at thedragonflyhome.org, and you can also follow Dragonfly on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Now, as we wrap up the episode, it's time for the question of the ep. It's short and sweet, but meaningful. What is your word of the year for 2020? I'd sure love to know if you've got one. Leave your answer to this question in the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact on the post for this episode, episode 24. And the post for this episode is up right now. On next week's episode, I'll finally actually share my self-care adventure and I'll tell you how my quest turned out. Until then, please subscribe to this podcast to get inspired and always remember that the world needs you to make your impact.